All right. We got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. Racing at Gulfstream. And here we go. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week The Magic Mike Show You can trust the show is the bomb Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com What's up everybody, I'm Magic And I'm Mike And this is the Magic Mike Show Episode 334, Mr. Samich Huzzah! The weather in Los Angeles, you would think that this was... I was watching Laurel Park earlier, it's the same exact way as Laurel Park It is rainy as F out here How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man, it cost us the chance to go to Santa Anita this weekend. We were going to Santa Anita pick four. And like normally it's like Belmont and Saratoga and like the East Coast tracks. You have to worry about raining off the turf. We're kind of worried about it raining off the turf at Santa Anita this weekend. What a, what a weird feeling. Yeah, the uh, the way it's going, I mean, it literally is still, I'll look, it literally is still raining pretty hard right now. There's people in ponchos going by outside. Um, it's, it's raining so hard out here that I don't even think they'll be, I would guess that they'll be good on the dirt track and they'll be off the turf tomorrow and try and save it for Saturday. But even if they run on the turf Saturday, um, I don't know what condition it'll be in. So it's, it's a lot easier. Let's go to Gulfstream where it's been eight. Larry Coleman said, he was like, yeah, it's 81 and sunny here. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty, pretty damn fantastic. That's what it's supposed to be like here. So we know that we're going to be on the turf, which will be firm for a race. But we also have two claiming races on the tapita to bookend <laughs> this sequence. Um, this is going to be fun. What is nice, Mike, is that we've now had, a, what, two months worth of Gulfstream Tapita races. I was watching Gulfstream earlier today to watch the Tapita races specifically to see how it was playing and, and how things went. So uh, at least we're – if this was like opening weekend for Gulfstream with the Tapita and they put them on the bookends, I, I'd be like, no way. Get out of here with that. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Today was the first day we've had front runners win on the Tapita. We had two of them. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden you are starting to see that that rotation that we talked about where eventually the Tapita is going to be more what I call a more fair version of that track. You're going to see it firm up. I think you're starting to see that. We had a – a horse that was a big time price win a duel on the front end going two turns with the Peter, which I just had been like impossible to do going into today. So it's interesting to just kind of see speed holding a little bit better. So I'd be a little more wary of speed going into this weekend than I was last weekend. Yeah, the uh, well, I will say that this the last race that was on the Tapita that was one gate to wire. It was a six horse field, so I watched that. And I went speed. Ha- Wait, no, it was six horses. Well, I'm, I'm gonna forget about that one because uh, then it followed with an aqueduct race. It was a mile and eighth, and there were five horses on the dirt. My family like fell asleep during that aqueduct race because between hey. the Gulf Stream and the aqueduct, it was just like, oh my god, can these things just end already? So I can't. We got eight, I can't believe we got eight sixty on Maiden Beauty. That was a great price on that two horse. That was a, there was lone speed on lone speed. You had a couple horses who were chasing it. I was so happy to get eight sixty on that horse. And then another horse that we're going to talk about. That I mean, can I just start talking about this horse now? Horse yeah. named Total Effort runs in the last race at Aqueduct. And there are certain horses that you just are supposed to fade. I don't know if you saw this horse. Did you see it or no? I might have. Okay, Total Effort. This is one of those where like the, the radar just has to pop up immediately when you see something like this. Total effort runs a Gulfstream today. It was a uh, three to five morning line shot in the last race. The horse was running. This is a maiden 20, right? So maiden 20 going a mile on the dirt. 
The horse debuted at Aqueduct on November 11th uh, in an $80,000 maiden special weight. It's a run happy that sold for $290,000. So they dropped it. One race, maiden special 80, all the way down to 20,000. The kicker in the maiden special weight race, the horse, and now I got to find the freaking thing again. Nope, nope, that's not it. Yep, that's it. The horse went off at 16 to 1. So a, a run happy son, for Todd Pletcher, sells for $290,000, goes off at 16 to 1, immediately drops down to 20,000, maiden claiming, 3 to 5. Guess what? Horse ran up yeah. the track. That's red lights all over the place, right? Yeah. Like you just, it's one of those where you like, you just got to say, okay, this horse isn't good. They're not giving up on this thing that fast. Start debuting at Aqueduct, giving up that fast, and the horse didn't get back. Those three things just tell you that the horse can't run. Plus, uh, gelded in April of a two of its two year old year. They looked at it in April and went, "Fuck!" <laughs> All right, oh. snippets. Yeah. See if the, see if this gives them a little bit of a little five percent booster. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just just crazy. So when you th- see things like that, you just kind of got to say, "Okay, I got to take a shot here." And it, the race was terrible. It was atrocious. Um, but the oh, the three horse Isora ends up wiring the field. Get to get a nice price on it. And we can roll right into the best thing I saw today. It was going to be that the Blues were leading the division going into the new year. But we now have a double carryover mandatory payout pick six at Aqueduct tomorrow. So it's a $1 denomination. So the, oh, that's the, right. You know, so you're going to get a pretty big pool. It's $168,000 going into the carryover. And it's mandatory because it's the end of the year. And New York state law says you cannot carry over from oh. one year to the new. So we get a nice little pick six pool to play tomorrow, my friend. All right, that'll be fun. Yeah, Aqueduct with the uh, picks. By the way, if you joined Mike and I for yesterday morning, uh, it was just kind of a last-second idea that Mike had to <sighs> cover Parks's closing pick five uh, for their their little meet because now they'll kind of like New York, they got to start over for the next year. Um, so they'll be back next week. But we covered that on the show, and Mike was like the first four legs. It was horses exactly that Mike had talked about. Was like play this horse. I like this horse because of this. And you were alive for a couple horses for a dollar, a couple more for six dollars. You had a dollar and five dollar tickets going, uh, and you didn't get it done, and you lo- you lost the photo. I felt so bad for you, but overall, I thought it was a success for the show. It was good. Hopefully, people played pick threes through it. I, I had luckily was rolling ten dollar pick threes, which connected in the first two. Of that <laughs> nice. sequence. So it wasn't a total loss for the day, but it's funny because I went back and I watched what I said about that nine, and I specifically am like, I don't like that we have a three percent jockey. That three percent jockey was a problem in the end. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Got in a little bit trouble around the turn, and then decided to go inside instead of outside down the lane. When you're low level horses, always go outside. And, and the, to be fair, the six horse would never <laughs> ever held in his life before. Did go out to the five pass, so it would have been tough to go out to the six. But man, that was uh, that was frustrating because they were like eight lengths the best too. There was no one else even close to those two horses. Yeah. But anyway, enough for my sob fest. I'm gonna take it all back tomorrow at Aqueduct. Taking down it was a- over. It was a lot of fun. I'm very sorry that your ticket didn't hit because obviously I want you to succeed. And it wouldn't have been also be like, hey, look, we did this live show and we gave away a the ticket. A lot of people but... had it too. I got a lot of uh, oh, DMs you did? about that. Okay. Oh, yeah, about those, those horses yesterday. So it would have been because we said go short in the two legs that were tough. Yeah. And the top pick wins of both. It's just yes. Like, come on. I did catch that. Yeah, that was which was a great experiment. If you missed it, what we did was a little different than what we're doing on this show, more normal Magic Mike show, where um, we looked at a race and, 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 and talked about horses maybe that we thought you should use or maybe horses that were vulnerable and don't use them. But then at the end of the sequence, we said, okay, what, which is the most likely singled horse by the public? And therefore, that's the horse you want to play against, which, by the way, we called it. We said play against Misinterpret. She got third, and the horse that you loved in that race uh, in the, the futurity ended up winning that. So that was pretty awesome. But we're going to, you know, we had 70 people watching at one point. So hopefully, if you guys like that, we're going to do this more often and, uh, and, and keep that going because that was a lot of fun. And, and again, to come 
come that close to get the first four legs and sweat it out there in the in the finale. It was a lot of fun. And Kevin O, if you're watching, I owe you a t-shirt, so shoot me a DM on Twitter too. I'll send that over your way. <clears throat> awesome. I didn't want to bring it up on air in case you'd forgotten about it, but yeah, on the show, Mike said put a comment in below and with your your top choice for each of the five legs, and whoever connects or has the best ticket overall uh, will end up getting a free shirt. So that's awesome. Kevin O is a longtime supporter and watcher too, so I'm happy that he's going to get that t-shirt sent out. And we will we'll just run that back, too. So for this sequence, we'll do the exact same thing. So at the end of the show, once it's over, you can comment underneath the video, put your top pick in each race, and whoever has the most winners uh, wins a free T-shirt. And if you end up, if we have a tie, it goes to whoever has the highest win total gets that, uh, gets that free T-shirt. Best return on it. Uh, the best thing for me that I saw this week, uh, by the way, I'm wearing, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm wearing a, a, a old-school L.A. Kings jersey. It's the Wayne Gretzky 99 uh, with, this, with the Captain C on it because – I, hockey was going so great, Mike. It was, everything was going so well. And then this latest COVID variant screwed everything up, and we just keep getting canceled and postponed and canceled and postponed. I'm putting on the jersey of Wayne Gretzky because I'm praying to him, please, do whatever it takes to bring hockey back. I missed it. Um, but the best thing that I saw uh, this week, incredible to be a geek. Um, Book of Boba Fett uh, <laughs> debuted yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I really love that. The rest of the family was asleep, I think, a third of the way through the episode. But I loved it. Um, finally saw Spider-Man No Way Home. I really loved that. And then, of course, at the end of that is the trailer for Doctor Strange 2, which is my favorite Marvel character. So, uh, yeah, great great week to be a nerd. I was really excited about everything. Strong magic week. Definitely. Definitely strong magic week. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm happy for you, man. I watched Boba Fett, too. Mixed emotions there. Never been a huge Star Wars guy, but just kind of give okay. it a shot because it's on, on Disney+. Plus. So mixed emotions on it. We'll see. I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably watch out because I do like Mandalorian, so we'll probably let it go and see how it ends up. It was. Uh, it's definitely a little slower uh, to get going. There's. I, there's almost no dialogue in the first episode, so it's a lot of show, not tell. So it's a little slower. I don't recommend watching it at nine at night with a cocktail in hand because you're very well gonna, you know, do what the rest of my family did, which was fall asleep. Uh, but hopefully, we will keep you awake as we preview Saturday's late pick four sequence of Goldstream Park. We've got two stakes included in this for three-year-olds, freshly turned three-year-olds. We have the Dania Beach on turf, and then we also have the Mucho Macho Man on dirt. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mike, let's get into it. Riders up! Late pick four sequence of Goldstone Park by myself. Mike disappeared. He, uh, he ran away real quick. I'll uh, cover things until he returns here. Uh, kicking off the late pick four sequence of Goldstone Park on Saturday, January 1st. Happy New Year to you, by the way, if you're listening to this on that day. Hey, now, Mike Samich with the LA Kings jersey. I love it. Who's on the back yeah. of it? Little early. It's a it's a blank. Little early. What we learned on Thursday, Mike can't run to the bedroom closet and back <laughs> during the during the, the riders up thing. But we got it anyway. We're good to go. You took off. I thought you were shutting the door. It took a little long. That's okay. Uh, you didn't miss anything. Race eight is a synthetic route for 10 Phillies and Mares four and up. Now winners of two lifetime in for 12, five tags. Trap down to 10 if you want that weight allowance. Oh, boy. Favoritism is on number two, perfect Kimberly S at three to one. Number three, La Ruscha is seven to two. Mike, where'd you go on top here? I went out to, uh, to a skew, the six horse here. And I, I did this without morning line. So I'm interested to kind of see what these are as they pop up. I went nine to, to two. Six of skew, nine to two. I like that. Look, I don't generally love horses that face winners for the first time, but this is a, an interesting scenario here. First off, we have a four-year-old, not a three-year-old, so I, I take that as a plus. Secondly, debuted for 80000 at, at Churchill Downs, then won at 16000 maiden claiming level here over this uh, Topeka course at Gulfstream Park. The drop or the, the placement here is a good placement, right? 
16,000 maiden claimers to 12.5, not one to two lifetime is the right placement for this horse. We're not trying to go to 25, not trying to go 30 or 35. We're not getting overly aggressive. We're properly placing the horse. Sisterson doing a good job, just like we normally see. Um, so I'm going to go with the six askew on top here. I think this is the well-placed, and I like the fact that the horse has some tactical speed and should be coming late, uh, which, again, is what I've been looking for in the Tapita before today. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I'm not going to let today kind of askew my perception of how the Tapita plays. Oh. This is actually my top pick as well, so I got really excited when you did this. And, and for all the reasons that you said, I, normally I don't love a horse that's first time facing winners. Um, she's only got two starts to her name, but that's kind of why I like her in this spot because, as you mentioned, very perfectly positioned in this race. The second choice on the morning line, LaRusha, she is on an 0 for 22 run. The second choice in this race is 0 for her last 22. Why would you not play this horse? Because she hasn't had 22 straight disappointments for you. She literally won over this course and distance last out. So, yeah, I'm with you on this one. I went three deep on here, but who'd you use next up? Yeah, th there's a lot of reasons to dislike the other horses. <laughs> so it makes it a lot yes. easier to end up on the six of <laughs> you. Um, look, I think the five title waters is really interesting here. So I, I had this is my other must use horse uh, out of the Trombetta barn. Ran a lot at five and five and a half furlongs over the turf. Now we're stretching out going two turns for the first time. I like the last race in the Tapita where we get a 56 buyer. It's a career high buyer coming off the layoff. First mm -hmm. time late in the four year old season. We get a second start here late in the four year old season. I like the fact we kept blinkers on and we're going to do it again one more time here. I think this horse should be fit and ready to go. Gonzalez has been riding well. I like the six to one price. Happy to see that. So for me, I'm going to go with the five and the six here on top. Um, I did go four deep. I ended up using the three. Kind of don't love the three here, but I have my tickets really cheap. So I'm not overly worried about spending too much money with the three. And I added the two as well. Uh, perfect Kimberly S. The race two back on the two horses really what stood out to me. Uh, it was a nice move over the Tapita course last time out. I uh, wasn't as nice. But I think that that just the added distance might have been the issue more than anything else there for the two horse who kind of made a move and then just flattened out. Um, so for me, I ended up with the two, three, five and six here to kick this puppy off. Boy, I didn't like either one of those short-priced uh, favorites in this race. I, uh, <laughs> but I just saw Jason's comment. He's got his Vegas Golden Knights jersey on. That's awesome. Um, I, I'm going to pass on both of them in this spot. Uh, I think these horses are all bad enough that I think it's okay to take shots against them here. Uh, especially, I went pretty, I went pretty chalky later. Um, so I, I wanted to take a shot somewhere. I thought this was a good way to do it. I talked about Larusha, how she's on an 0 for 22 streak, and that, that's why I want to play against her. Um, I agree with you on the five. This was a, my uh, second horse. Or, no, I'm sorry. I went three deep, and this was the last one I used. But I love the fact that we're stretching out. She just how the seven, or I'm sorry, how askew the six horse hasn't disappointed us against winners. This horse hasn't disappointed us against routers because she hasn't tried it. So who knows? I mean, you know, <laughs> speed could hold off. We talked to, you talked about a couple times how that was working earlier today. I like the fact that they tried the Tapita last time out and she got bumped a couple of times, but and it kind of ran in place, but they didn't leave the Tapita. They went, okay, hang on. Let's just stretch her out now. They think yep. the Tapita might actually be what she's good at. So that's, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go with that route as well. Did we lose? Oh, we lost the connection, didn't we? I'll get it back there. Um, the last horse I'm going to use here is the seven, Hardly Social. And this is a horse I told you off air. I was a little confused why it was 15 to one because she's exiting a race where we have several horses coming out of a 10K claimer going a mile on the 16th over this course. I thought that she was the best horse in the race. I watched the replay. I actually think she would have won that race. You see in the trip notes, it said that she altered course. 
the winner, Danza Tail, literally just kept coming out and out and out and out and out. And finally, Berrios was just like, God, I need, he dove her inside. And I think that cost her, if not the win, she could have missed by a nose or a head there. So uh, I'm going to use her in this spot. I thought she looked really great there, especially I think she's got a great closing kick. My concern, Berrios was forced to do that trip because she got bumped a lot at the start. Yeah. If he, it, But that was his first time riding her. So I'm like, if he purposely does this, it brings her back to like mid pack. We're fine. If it's the races two and three back, where he's like, "Yeah, let's run her close," you're you're fucking done. <laughs> yeah, or four back or five back. I mean, either any of those. And that's, <laughs> yeah. Now the other thing that, that you've mentioned, I'm surprised it's fifteen to one. I'm not. There's not a single race on the page that wins the race, right? Now the last one you could say maybe, but like the six is better than that last race from the seven. So I, the seven needs to improve. And now the seven has taken steps forward every time on the Tapita here. So you could make an argument that's going to happen. But the, the different style was what really caught my eye about that, where the horse was forced to close and was able to do it. Now, the track is favoring closers when that happened, too. So you also have to take a step back and say, OK, well, maybe the track really played into this effort from this horse versus the horse uh, learning to do something new. The other issue I have is the, the price that this horse has gone off at. We haven't seen this horse sub 10 to 1 since June 25th, 2021. That was eight starts ago. And the last three went off at a robust 21, 51, and 46 to 1, respectively. Um, so, yeah, you're going to get all, every bit of 15 to 1. Yes. Don't, you know, look, man, I don't hate the idea of trying to take a shot against the two or the three. This is like, I'm playing consistency here versus playing horses I think are definitely going to be able to get the job done because I think this field is just a mess. But that's why I ended up on the five and the six. Look, I can't, I can't hate on them because the six horse has done nothing wrong at Tapita and the five horse has done nothing wrong going two turns. So, I mean, if you want to just go five, six here on a shorter $5 ticket, I don't hate that either. I know Magic is going to single a leg. I'm going to single a leg. You just go two deep here, go single, single, and see what happens in the last. Speaking of Magic singling, let's get to that race right now. The second leg of the late pick four sequence at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, January 1st. We're going onto the turf for the Dania Beach Stakes. This is a mile-long turf route for eight freshly turned three-year-old males. And the favoritism is on number five, Shansu, for Todd Pletcher at three to one. And his stable mate, Grand Sonata, all the way outside number eight for Todd Pletcher. is a seven to two second choice. Uh, Mike, I singled up Grand Sonata here because I thought, well, there's two Pletchers. And I think that Chansu is not going to get the early, easy lead against uh, this field because of Biz Biz Buzz. So uh, that led me to Grand Sonata here. Is that a bad single? Well, first off, should we sing happy birthday for my boy KC Chief, right? Like, Because this is where he's coming back. <laughs> I, do you remember KC Chief? Yeah. <laughs> Big price, two weeks ago, 13 to 1, closes out the card, helped me win a couple tournaments, help our, our fans cash some money. Uh, so, yeah, KC Chief, what's up, buddy? Happy birthday, man. Congrats on the three-year-old year. Uh, yeah, look, I don't hate the single. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I think Grant Sonata is probably the horse to beat in this spot. Uh, you know, I think that some people may move away from this horse because there's two Pletchers in here, but the horse hasn't done anything wrong. The first effort was a good effort over the Belmont turf. The second time, like, the horse wins on an off track. So I'm not going to take anything away from there. Comes back in a stakes race. Has a tough start. It has to steady. It wasn't an easy trip at all for the eight. If you go back and watch that race, the eight had more. And, and so I, I do like Grant's not a here. I don't think it's a bad single at all. Um, I'm going to spread a little bit because I like the six horse Nona Franklin here. A 10 to 1 price is my other must use horse. Um, look, Nona never. Very good turf sire. This is another one. Now it's a maiden going into a stakes race, which for me, it, sometimes it shows a lot of confidence. When you look at what this horse has done, I think it's a positive. The horse ran really well going five furlongs on the turf. They tried to stretch it out into a seven furlong turf stakes. That race gets taken off the turf. Note the horse got bet in both of those spots too. $3.20 each time. This horse has shown the ability to have tactical speed running shorter, has shown the ability to pass horses in both of those situations. 
you know, and I kind of love that three furlong blowout. That's one of your things, right? Right before here, we got a three furlong blowout. I think the horse is going to show a, a so tactical early speed, and there's a lot of early speed here, and kind of get first run. So I'm going to go with a 10 to 1 shot, and I kind of love that price here. I was expecting something in that range, but I, I'm happy I'm getting double digits here on the six. No nay, Franklin. I think uh, if you're going to use one other horse outside of a Pletcher, I think this is the great one to use. And I think you're going to get at least 10 to 1 on this horse because I think one of the Pletchers, if not both of them, are going to get hammered pretty hard in this spot. Um, by the way, Biz Biz Buzz is only – he's cross-centered in a race on Friday. So I handicapped assuming he's going to be in this race. But if he comes out of this, that makes chance to a the, the five-horse lone speed on paper here. So probably rework things on that one. Def- I don't think I could single the stable mate if the other horse is going to be lone speed speed casey chiefs just like no respect no respect for him huh magic you don't think you can get the lead time form time form is not giving you want you go talk to craig about that craig yeah. milkowski if you're mad about that one casey chief will give you his twitter handle you can hit him up um i'm going i'm using i'm using uh shansu whatever the other pletcher is as well because yep. i'm not going to get beat by the other pletcher in this spot and again i'm single in the next race i have a sub 40 dollar ticket so i'm able to, to spread a little bit more the other horse i want to talk about is on the rail this is actually my third pick in this spot uh father glado I love me some Declaration of War horses. We know that. Horse mm-hmm. runs twice on synthetic on the on the Tapita course. Runs well. Second time is able to get the win. Now we're switching over the turf course, which I actually think this horse is going to run better on for a barn that has started out really hot in this meet, 26% for the Jose D'Angelo barn. Um, and when D'Angelo and Alvarado team up, they are 29% at Gulfstream the last two years, 28% overall. He gets all the good mounts. I think this is a good mount. Like I mentioned, there's a ton of speed in here. This horse wants to come from off the pace. I think the one should absolutely trip out from the rail, be able to save all the ground, swing for home. And if he's good enough, eight to one is a generous price to get on a horse that I think is going to get the right setup, just whether or not we're going to be good enough to get uh, get home. So I'm going to end up four deep here. I'm going to go with the one, five, six, and the eight. Uh, the one horse that uh, you didn't use that I was uh, thought maybe you might is who Nick Feldman said he's going to go ahead and single is the number two Smoke and Tea. Fractions were pretty slow in the last race, but uh, should be a pretty forwardly singled. Aaron Halterman is dancing in the background. So either something happened in a college ball, ball game or Aaron loves Smoke and Tea. I think it's the latter on that one. So um, it's a Warfront Colt with Suge. Should be getting better each race. I do agree with you on that one. I think that that horse has a, is a great candidate to finish second or third in this race. Um, he is making well, a really nice progression for Suge there, but I just think this is, I think he's one race early here. Yeah. I mean, smoke and tea got smoked by grand Sonata Ooh. and grand Sonata was improving at the time is now better than he was then. So and I yeah, don't think yeah. smoking tea has improved enough to uh, reverse the trend there. I think if you like grand Sonata as a single ice cold, exactly here, a two might not be a terrible idea because smoking tea is, has improved with grand Sonata there and could kind of, fit that 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 bill if you think that that's the way it's going to go for me i I just i think you're covering smoking tea with grand sonata i think smoking tea's gonna have too much to do not a huge castellano fan um so i there's just enough here where i just kind of like eh. he also wants to be more forwardly placed i mean that one win he had you look at the time and it's like they went 24 and 150 seconds flat for a mile on the 16th and it took him an aqueduct turf course to be able to break his maiden like (laughs) It's, you know, it, it, when we're getting an aqueduct turf course, that's like running on the turf at Oakland. It's just not that impressive anymore. <laughs> Very nicely done. Uh, Aaron, uh, it, it was Purdue, Tennessee. Okay. I really no. thought he was that excited about the two horse, the way he reacted in time when it, uh, in live time when it was happening. Um, wait, but Purdue is winning. Well, I'm They're guessing three... Tennessee just scored, though. Oh, ten- no, Tennessee just got an interception. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. 
Tennessee just intercepted the ball. Uh, sorry, this is really terrible radio. Yeah, riveting, uh, but, riveting, <laughs> riveting radio. Sorry, this is why you gotta watch live because otherwise <laughs> none of this shit makes any sense. Um, we didn't actually talk about my horse other than I was gonna single the eight grand Sonata. Um, I despite the fact that this horse lost last out in the Central Park Stakes at Aqueduct. Uh, the horse got bumped pretty hard at the start. It got steady at the 3 8 pool. You see that in the trip notes. The horse did not have a great trip and still just kept plugging, kept plugging, kept advancing on Side Dog, who I think was like 9 to 5, the undefeated favorite in that race. Um, 02035, who was second that day. That's a stakes horse uh, continuing on from the Central Park. So uh, the fact that this horse doesn't have a turf win in three starts doesn't concern me. Uh, the fact that Flavian Pratt was aboard this horse on debut and got second to Slipstream, who subsequently won a stakes race after that. Those are all the reasons that I like the eight. Did I miss anything here? No, but I'm definitely going to use that line where, you know, if a horse runs second in a stakes, I'm going to call him a stakes horse in the future. <laughs> That's stakes caliber, meaning he's going to keep shut the. You just get well, out obviously, <laughs> he just plays in stakes race. Of course, he's stakes caliber. Listen, I told Mike off air that uh, before today or, or uh, yesterday, and this is typically kept Aaron because he's in the chat, but uh, Aaron worked very hard with me to make sure that we could get all of our videos and previews and everything up on the YouTube channel yesterday, which, by the way, uh, previews for all of the Kentucky Derby prep races are up there with Aaron's in depth uh, analysis. And then we also did Oakland uh, Race of the Day previews that are all up there. All of that to say that because this is the last day my family's in town, I wanted to have as much of today to spend with them as possible other than doing the show. I forgot about we were doing the show, so I started drinking. Uh, so we got to do the show while Magic is drinking. So my, Mike's screwing with me a little bit on this one. Uh, but Jason's in the chat. He supports me. Listen, we're going to move on. The penultimate leg of the late pick four sequence at Goldstream Park on Saturday, January 1st. We've got the Mucho Macho Man Stakes, which, Mike, for whatever reason, is not a Kentucky Derby prep race. Some other ones are. This one is not. We usually do get at least one runner out of this race to go on to the Kentucky Derby Trail at Goldstream Park. I don't know if we have anybody here that's going to make that one. Uh, you seem to single or, or you have a single here that you like here. That's the six graphic detail. Second choice on the morning line at five to two for Bill Mott. Tell me about him. Just giving it away, huh? You're not even letting me, not letting me, let me spoil my own single. Yeah. Look, this is one of those spots where I kind of went through this. I just don't, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Look, if strike hard rolls, I'll be happy because that means a white Barrio, who is our third round pick is a good horse. Right. But I don't really love strike hard <laughs> in this spot. I think two to one is way too short. Um, and then you kind of look at simplification. who's just outside of them, a little more interested, but you've got two races that are awful and one that was great. So what's the, the real simplification here? I, I would lean toward the awful because you've got two versus one example there. So and all of a sudden, I don't like the two. I don't like the three. The four looks like it's in over its head. The one horse, who knows what's going on there. Then you look at the five. Hey, the five lost to strike hard. So is the blinkers going to make the difference? And then you got the six on the outside. Graphic detail, who I will say, is one of the cheapest OXO equine horses I've ever seen. Right, twenty thousand dollars. They usually are plus five hundred thousand plus every it's single time. It's because he he's a son of Into Mischief. Uh, that's the sire, not it's because Into Mischief was the grand the granddad and not the dad. That's why. But it's the best sire going right now. We talked For about one this. turn. If you watch this, I love me some practical joke, and we're going one turn here in the Mucho Macho Man. So give me all that practical joke. Um, I will take that every single time. And yes, it's a son of uh, of son of Into Mischief, but. You know what? This is one of the good sires of Sons of Into Mischief. And this horse did absolutely nothing wrong. Looks super professional. Let's win at Belmont for $90,000. Ever since, like, if you look at the workouts here, it's just been rolling right along. Broke its maiden on November 6th. Since then, we've got two bullet workouts. We've got another, a couple other nice tune ups. 
I, the pace setup is going to be nice here. You've got four horses that want the lead. This is the one that can stalk and go right on by. I mean, to me, everything sets up here for graphic detail to run a big one. You get Saez up as well. So I'm going to single the six here. If you want to single the eight in the previous race, the six here, go too deep in that first leg. You play a nice $5 ticket. And if, uh, if we're rolling, it's going to pay something. I went against the six here because I'm very concerned that I, I think this is going to be your favorite because you had a Bill Mott horse that won on uh, debut. And usually when that happens, that means the horse is, he thinks the horse is a lot of potential. And that's why you see you can go straight into a stakes race here. But uh, I really don't, I, I'm afraid that he's going to be too short of a price. And especially with the way the rest of my ticket is structured here, I went against him. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use uh, the five Skippy Longstocking on top in this race. I'm going to go ahead and believe that right now, at this moment, this is the best horse in this race. Uh, a month from now, graphic detail, probably going to be better than him. But I like the staff. He's adding the blinkers. It's 24% move for this horse. Tyler Gaffleone is going to stay aboard for the third straight time. If you uh, scratch off the street sense two back, if you want to say that maybe routing at that point wasn't for him, he broke his maiden over this course and distance. Three starts back. Uh, got that career best buyer. Comes back at this same course and distance going against optional claimers. Loses his strike hard. But in that race, I I feel like he got a little crazy in the in the stretch there. Especially about the 16th pull. He started to wander. He started to get lost. Safi puts the blinkers on. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and use this horse here. Um, I really think that he's going to get that great trip that he got. A three back over the same course and distance. When he was able to kind of sit off, sit outside, wait far turn make his move and run off uh, these are good horses though and i i did also use the two strike hard uh, multiple wins over the course and distance. And like you said, the only horse to beat him at Gulfstream Park going a mile is White Abaro, who we drafted in the Triple Crown Fantasy League that we think is a pretty good horse uh, for Safi Joseph Jr. Um, that also means Safi knows how to beat strike hearts. So maybe that helps me out with Skippy Longstocking. But I really do think this horse it, it knows how to handle this course and distance. There are zero questions about that. Um, I do think that the price, if, if, if he actually is the favorite, I'm going to be mad about that. I really think the Mott horse will get more of the money and be about eight to five when they go off. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the problem with the five horse. The race you're referencing that he won, they went 24 and 3, 47 and 4, and a final time of 137 and 4. They're going to go 22 and change in this race. He's going to have to go two seconds faster in this race to be able to replicate that. And we guess what? We saw him go 22 and 4. He didn't end up doing, well, doing so well. I think that was more of the problem last race is that he got tired to 22 and 4, 45 and 3, and chasing that pace. And end up the final time in 135 and three, two seconds faster is why he finished third instead of winning. And simplification in here is is the kryptonite in my mind to Skippy Longstocking because that horse is going. You know that every race, that's the one thing he has consistently done 22 and two and 22 and one in its last two sprint races. I think the three and the five are, are really tough on each other in this spot. And I think that, you know, if you want to say the two and strike hard, okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk you off it. I think the six is the better horse of the two and the six. But to me, the three and the five really hurt each other in, in here. I'm hoping that the blinkers stop that from happening because otherwise, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there's a, there's a good chance it can happen. Um, I'm going to trust in Safi at this point. Uh, we've pretty much talked about everybody else in here. The one horse reminds me of that stupid freaking Oaklawn sprinter, Kavad, who – uh, I had like 15 races as a two-year-old and somehow was able to win that stakes race at Oakland. Made me mad. Uh, I really hate that one horse. Hope it doesn't win. Let's move on. Final leg. Late pick four at Gulfstream Park Saturday, January 1st. Happy New Year's to you. Race 11. We're back on the tapita. Uh, that's a lot of fun. Dozen older males plus an also eligible in for uh, $10,000 tags in this race. Favoritism is on number three, Utrecht at three to one. You also have the number four, Timmy M at seven to two. 
Come on. I'm hitting the all button in this race. Uh, where are you going on top? I don't blame you for hitting the all button in this race. It's a little bit of a mess. This, um, this, yeah. I had two must uses. One of them was the three. Uh, Utrecht, who is the favorite here. But the one I liked the most was the six horse, Marissa's Mission. Uh, I get eight to one price here. Miguel Vasquez up. This horse is going to try and uh, go two for three over this Tapita course. And it, I love the fact that late in the four-year-old year, we got a step into the Tapita, runs a 73 buyer, career best, comes out next time out, improves to a 78 buyer, which is career best. Um, I, I like the fact that we have some tactical speed that we showed two back. Last time, a little bit faster pace. We came from off the lead. Emoji guy wins that race two back. That's been a very good horse in the Florida circuit. Easy stride, resident liberal behind Mirror's Mission last time. Those are decent horses there as well. So I like the kind of the form that we've seen come back from these two races on the Tapita. I think this is kind of a surprisingly high price. I was actually expecting Marissa's Mission to be the morning line favorite when I picked this and not Uhtred, the three horse. So I'm, I'm happy to take the, uh, the eight to one price here on the six horse. It just seems to be improving and likes the, the Tapita course. Um, I did use, I do like the three horse Uhtred here as well. Look, this is a nice claim. Uh, Gustavo Delgado, 38% off the claim. Yeah, it's only eight subsets, so three for eight, but it's still pretty darn good. I like the fact that Paco rides through it. I also didn't love the trip last time for Paco. The horse kind of got shuffled early in that race. You can kind of see it where it goes six, five lengths back to seven, nine lengths back. It makes this middle move all the way up to fifth, three lengths back, and this kind of flattens out down the lane. Um, I kind of want to see what this horse is able to do with a little bit cleaner of a trip. Um, so I, I like the fact that we're also stretching out a little bit more because that effort two back, I think, was a little bit better. All these reasons. Give me the three and the six on top. I am going four deep here, but those are the two must uses for me. I love that Paco was riding through the claim on the three Utrecht. So whenever you see a, a higher profile jockey like how Paco Lopez ride through a claim on a horse like this, and then it's going to a barn that's three for its last eight first off the claim. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good sign. I, I like this one. What's interesting with this horse is that uh, two out of his th last three races, uh, I'm sorry, two of his last four races, uh, two of the last three faced Farley. Farley keeps beating him. So did you use Farley in this race? Because I was like, I almost feel like if you use Utrecht, you have to use the five Farley just because he keeps managing to beat Utrecht. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did. And, and I, one of the main reasons I used Farley was actually the last race. I've talked about how speed has not been great. On the Tapita, they went 23-2, and 46-1 for a mile and 70 yards. And this horse held second. Uh, it's a really good effort considering everything else that happened in that race. Benef um, Benefactor came back as a favorite and lost. But Benefactor actually got bet out of that race as well, which is the thing I like about Farley there. So I, I think that the five makes sense. I don't love the five-to-one price considering that last time we were getting 24-to-one and the horse just kind of fell short. But... That was a really nice effort over this Tapita. It was only the third time the horses run on Tapita. In the first effort, it actually won here at Gulfstream Park. The second time, you got to throw that race out. And this is kind of important. At mile 16th at Gulfstream on Tapita, the 10 out of 10 post is not great, especially when you want to be forwardly placed and you have to run into that, that turn so quickly. So you watch that race yeah. back. The horse kind of lost in that first turn. Went right to the lead, which was a problem for uh, for Farley. And then you can see just quit. And that kind of makes sense when the speed's not holding and you have to sprint out of the 10 post to get to the front. It's a really bad setup. The other two torpedo races are good. I do like the five Farley as well as one of my includes. Um, it, Nick in the chat says Brisnet has eight and 11. This is the best speeds and the horses are 31 and 15 to one. Uh, I, first of all, Nick, I think that just adds to what Mike said. This is not a, this is a, this is a good all button race. <laughs> Uh, did, what, did you consider using the 8 or the 11 at all? So I looked at the 8 a little bit. My main problem with the 8 was that we we're coming out of that same Farley race and I, I in the Farley Benefactor race. And this horse was way back, 15 lengths back in last place in that race. Came from the one post, actually got a relatively good trip um, and, and gets up to 7th, but just never really threatened anything. I think Farley did a lot more work to be able to get up there. The 8 was also 68 to 1 in that race. 
Um, so 30 to one might be an underlay on the eight in this spot. <laughs> the tens interesting to me because of the simple fact that like we have no synthetic form to talk of here for the 10 horse. So that kind of is a little bit of that, that, you know, um, we talk about how sometimes we just have those, uh, the unknowns. And in this case, I think that the synthetic here is kind of an unknown for the, for this horse. Now the problem with brethren, who's a sire, uh, we are currently 0 for 17 with zero seconds and one third uh, routing on synthetic. Ooh. So not great uh, when you're talking about the sire of the 11. So that I did look at both of them. The eight I talked about there and the 11 it was a sire that really took me off the horse. Yeah, well, Brethren is also a really great sire when it's Florida breds and they're two years old. Um, this is neither one. <laughs> this is a five-year-old, freshly turned five-year-old facing open company. So I don't know uh, that I would use those ones there. But um, uh, any other horses that we haven't talked about that maybe you might be worried about or, or nervous that you didn't use in this spot? Well, I did use Timé as well. Um, Timé! So I, look, this is one where Daniel Pita uh, decides to claim it and keep the horse at the $10,000 level, but claimed it himself. Um, horse wins at 12,500, non-winners of one in a year over this tapita surface. And this is another horse that, look, just seems to like the tapita surface. I like the fact that we've got three races. We've got 74, 74, 75 buyer. Each time we've been at least threatening to win, ran second in two of those and won the third race. Was the favorite last time out uh, and was just missed at the 10,000 level coming right back. You know, you even have bigger buyers on the turf as well. So you've got some 80s in the back class there on the turf buyers. Uh, so for me, like this is one that I think you kind of have to include as well, especially if you're playing a cheaper ticket. So I ended up four deep here, but three, four, five, six. Um, but it, this race is wide open. If you want to take a couple swings, I think you can. If we get eight to one on the six horse, I'm probably gonna be putting a win bet in. Uh, I really like Timmy M in this spot as well. Uh, the horse that uh, finished third last time out, uh, won on the turf and 16 K claimers at Tampa got a 77 buyer. So uh, some good back class come out of that race. So beat the horse by a neck. Uh, Peter 0 for 4 first off the claim. I also was like, well, I'm going to look at the works. And it's like, oh, bullet work. June 25th. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> right. We're at the, we're at the bottom yeah. of the barrel. I forgot. <laughs> but this is like you, you hear the, the off a claim thing. And that's one thing when you're stepping up in class. When you like really, all Peter has to do is keep this horse as is for yeah. 20 days from like the previous race to this race. A similar effort to the last three. And this horse seems to just be in form. Just keep on keeping on. And I think you're right there with everybody. So I don't worry as much off the claim when your situation where the trainer is bringing it back at the same level where you see multiple efforts that are good enough to get the job done recently. It's not like we're trying to take a big jump up or anything. Right. Yeah. We're not we're not going from 5K claimers up to uh, a greatest stakes race or something like that. Yep. We're not pulling a Mike Miller here or <laughs> Mike Maker. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I talk about the late pick four sequence on January 1st at Gulfstream Park, including the Mucho Macho Man Stakes. If you want an in-depth analysis of that race uh, from Aaron Haltzman, go to youtube.com slash racingdudes, or it's on racingdudes.com as well. You can check that out there. Uh, Mike and I are going to go through our tickets one last time. If you're watching on the uh, live or on the replay, take a look below. We've got them right down here. I will start off. I'm going to go 5-6-7, then single the 8, then go 2-5, and then I'm hitting the all button because that last race sucks. It's worth $36 for me. Play a 50 cent ticket as well. I'm going to go with the two, three, five, six with one, five, six, eight with six with three, four, five, six. Cost you $32 for 50 cents. If you want to play a $5 ticket based on what we talked about, don't hate the idea of going in that first leg. What were we? Five, we six. Were five, six. Yeah. Don't hate the idea of going five, six with Magic State with my six with the three, six here to close it out. Now cost you what? 20 bucks. I mean, you're the math guy. Sure. <laughs> I'm not even going to, I'm not even, I've been drinking. I'm not going to pretend to try and do math. Two times two is four times five is 20. See, there you go. I didn't even know. I wasn't even following the kind of math uh, like that was going math, on. Buddy. <laughs>
Apparently it's not three shot math though. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not. Uh, hey, it's been a fun year. Uh, I just realized this is gonna be the last show that we actually do live here. So, uh, Aaron, t- well, yeah, because Aaron picked freaking graphic detail, and the, there's your spoiler alert. He picked him in the Mucho Macho Man re- uh, preview. So, oh, um, I, uh, real quick, Cindy brings up a good point here. The 13 in the last race is ooh. an also eligible. If the 13 draws in, I think the 13 is interesting. Um, I did not include the 13 on my tickets because it's an AE. Um, but if I lose a horse in that last race, or if someone another horse is out and the 13 draws in, I will add the 13 on my 50 cent ticket since it's cheap enough to do it. And since I am hitting the all button, I of course included the 13. Cindy, you're a genius. I'm with you. We're, yeah, we're, you actually we're did. Like your, your scrolling message says, and I'll, I'll even prove it. it. Says one through 12 here. So get off this. Stop, stop producing. Stop producing in the background. <laughs> That's my job. Um, hey, we got one. We got a little bit of time here. I'm going to pull up a burning question for you. Ooh, this one I've wanted to ask you for a while. Okay. Would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or would you rather go to the future to meet your descendants? I mean, obviously, it's rather go to the future to meet your descendants. I mean, there, and, why, so many... and well, I agree, but why is that obvious, Mike? Well, first off, you get to find out how everything played out, like how like your kids did and all that jazz, which I think is, is would be cool. Secondly, um, I would hit every freaking pick six ever. <laughs> like, yes, I, like, that's hey, it. Why that's would you exactly ever not it. The future in that case? Also, look, we know what happened in the past. I kind of want to see the cool shit we come up with in the future. Like, I want to have a jetpack and a flying car. I want to go Jetson on this stuff. You know, I don't. I, I don't want to go back and ride a, in a freaking carriage. Like, I would just be. Imagine going back in time and having an iPhone. Like, if you brought it with you, but you can't charge it. And you wouldn't be able to use it for cell phones. And there's no internet. Like, there, there's no use for it. And like, it, I, yeah, no, no thanks on going back in time. I, like, if I was going back in time, I would go back to like ancient Egypt with a couple caveats, assuming that I'm like upper class, because that would not be fun if you're not. Um, so I would like go back to some of those time frames, but no interest in like going back to the ancestors that are over in Czechoslovakia working farms, eating you know crappy potatoes with no salt and stuff. Like, no thanks. Uh, <laughs> some of the answers in the chat are fun. Uh, Jason says he wants to see if the Giants ever have a winning season again. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, the reason I brought it up is because it's it. it I kind of wanted to see you like, do you go with the time travel rules of like Back to the Future or something else? Like in this case, I'm with you. You definitely want to go to the future because you're going to be able to know exactly all the pick sixes. You can hit them all. You can just be fine. I just yeah. just give me one sport to master, and I'll have fun with the others. Honestly, I would not mess with horse racing. I would do it with sports betting. Yes. Because if you're yeah. going to be smart about this, horse racing, you're affecting your own odds. Whereas sports betting, you have a fixed market. And you can also not, like, if you get caught hitting every pick. At some point, people are like, this dude is cheating. I don't know how he's doing it. Get every pick six for seven weeks straight. That's a problem. Whereas with sports betting, you can sprinkle the right amounts on the right things. And no one would ever know anything. And you can make a nice, comfortable living and just, just have a good time and, and be fine. Never have to work another day in your life. And be able to make, you know, a million, two million bucks a year without any issue so I, to me it's just so much easier to do the sports betting side of it i mean really at that point you're turning into ace rothstein right you're just like that's what ace rothstein should have done if you ever seen the movie casino de Niro's character but the dude was like the sports betting king in vegas he should have just you know stayed out of the mob stuff well he didn't necessarily know every outcome he was fixing outcomes, but that kind of brings up another problem in the fixing outcome side because it kind of you got some people are involved in doing that. It's not, you know, with when if I have an almanac and I know I went to the future and no one else does, I, I got a pretty nice edge as long as I keep my mouth shut. Uh, I think you can. Michael Myers is tipping his hand. You can find out when the Jaguars win the Super Bowl. I, by the way, I was watching. Uh, 
what was it, AEW, uh, Aaron got me started to hook into AEW. I was watching a clip of CM Punk before this, and they were in Jacksonville, uh, I think probably last night, and um, I didn't realize that Shad Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, his son is the CEO of AEW, so basically Shad Khan owns, he called uh, MJF, the guy that he's the heel, a bigger waste of Shad Khan's money than Tim Tebow. <laughs> I feel like that's a, that's a burn that you can't really rebound well from. That's just, the, that one hurts. That does hurt. I, but you, you hit the nail on the head, and I'm sorry, Michael Myers. Look, Shad Khan is the problem in Jacksonville. Like, it's that is like, yeah, sure, there was a terrible hire. The, the whole Urban Meyer thing was a total train wreck. Like, but they had a top tier defense that all wanted to just leave because the, the, the organization is such shit. I mean, it's the same problem in Washington. You see it in some sports organizations, specifically in the NFL, where you have problems from the ownership level down. And until you fix that top level, you're never going to get any better. The Redskins aren't going to win. Sorry. The Jacksonville Jaguars aren't going to win. Sorry. Like, just certain teams can't win until they fix their management issue. Houston. Detroit Lions can't win until somebody burns it down and moves. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hamilton, I mean, Ontario. <laughs> you got at least your, your management structure isn't terrible. You need a new GM. I mean, well, I don't know why you're trading Jared Goff. But, like, other than that, your management structure above it isn't bad. Because Matthew Stafford was leaving, and we found out we could get a first-round draft pick for him. We're like, oh, okay, here, <laughs> take him. That's fair. That's why. They were like, you have to take Jerry Goff. That's fine. That's fine. We'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, Alyssa, it's been a fun year. It's been a fun 2021. Thanks, everybody, for joining Mike and I on this one. As you've been able to tell, for the last couple of months, we have a lot of things changing for next year at racenews.com. Uh, a lot of exciting, fun things happening. So hopefully you can join us for the ride. You follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellowart. He is at some of them. I'm 18, number one, number eight. Corporate overloads are at racing underscore dudes and blinkers off will be live in 43 minutes uh, at four. Yeah. Four, four Pacific. That's the time. zone. Anyway, four Pacific, seven Eastern, uh, six central. So make sure you tune into that one. Uh, if you do miss it live, you can download the podcast version anywhere that you're catching the magic Mike show as well. Of course, go to youtube.com slash racing dudes. Subscribe there. We got a lot of shit that's gonna be going on in that channel uh, building up. It's a lot of fun. So I uh, appreciate you guys. We will see you in 2022 until then I'm magic. And I'm Mike and Kevin O's. Drop me your email address and everyone drop your pick four right below the video. Boom. We'll see you in 2022, bitches. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday. I forgot Magic's a good clean cut guy.